quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her responses or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I used mylifeinabook.com to compile my own stories to give to my daughters for Mother's Day. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code PEACE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code PEACE for 10% off today. I'm Michelle, recovering yeller, control freak, and perfectionist. I didn't want to be a connected parent, but my strong and smart oldest daughter would not succumb to my bribes, threats, and manipulations. After years of control parenting, I threw it all out and started over. I doubled down on the idea of connective parenting and turned in time out for time in. It's taken me years to figure out how to unknot sticky situations without using punishments, but I've finally cracked the code And now I can help you create the relationship with your child that you dreamt of having when you first decided to become a parent. It's not easy letting go of star charts and bribes, but you can change. Listen in as we interview parents just like us who found success and hear from experts who will help us better understand how to form a deep bond with our children. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm so glad you've decided to join me today. Today, I want to talk about natural consequences, just what those are, what they aren't, and how we can navigate staying away from consequences altogether. So natural consequences are something I hear a lot of people talk about, that they don't use punishments or necessarily consequences or bribes or threats, but they truly believe in the idea of natural consequences. I do too. I think natural consequences are something that we all have to navigate in life and that Sometimes when we make choices, there are repercussions to those choices, and we will have to navigate those repercussions in a very authentic and organic way. And usually those natural consequences don't really involve anybody else really imposes on us. It's a consequence that we've actually imposed on ourselves because of a choice that we've made. So for instance, if your child decides that they want to go outside in the rain and not wear their raincoat, then they're going to get wet. That is a natural consequence. And sometimes we can allow those things to happen and allow our children to kind of learn from those mistakes, those little tiny mistakes, the ones that we can sit by and say, oops, I guess you're all wet. Well, that was interesting. How does it feel? And let our kids really like sink into, do they want to be wet or would they rather wear their raincoat next time? And maybe they'll make a different choice. But again, maybe they won't but is this a place that we can let our child grow? 
Another natural consequence is if our child is being unkind to someone, and if they are unkind to that person, that person may decide, hmm, I don't want to play with this kid anymore because they're really unkind. And do we let that really just happen? Or do we intervene and say, you should be really kind to your friends. If you're not kind to your friends, then they're not going to play with you anymore. And when we do that, what are the ramifications of that? Is our child thinking in their head that they can't necessarily be kind to this kid because they're having a conflict and this is their way of standing up to this child? And it might not look good to us, but maybe to them. It feels right, and they're kind of navigating this relationship with this other child and trying to figure it out. Can we allow them to figure it out without getting involved in getting our opinion and let the natural consequences come? And then when and if the child says, I don't want to play with you anymore, can we come alongside our child? Can we coach them? And can we have empathy and say, oh, I'm so sorry your friend doesn't want to play with you. That must really hurt. I'm right here. I'm really sorry this happened. And then we can be the empathic listener. And when we become the empathic listener, maybe we give this space for our child to learn something on their own, to learn the consequences of their actions, and to really sink into this idea of their own remorse, where we want them to get to this authentic remorse where they feel bad that they were unkind to their friend. And if they feel bad they were unkind to their friend, Maybe it will change their path next time. If we get involved and we give our opinion and we tell our child what they should do, does that really allow them the space to do the learning? Or are they somehow possibly mad at us because we've given our opinion, we've given our judgment, and we're telling them what they should do to be a good person instead of allowing them to kind of figure it out on their own? Okay, let's talk about another example. I hear this often that parents will say things like, I told my child that if they didn't get out of the tub in time, that we would no longer be able to read books for bed because we've run out of time and you've used all the time in the bath and now we can no longer read books before bed because you've done something to take away that time from us. And I kind of see how someone could believe that that's a natural consequence. But when we really look at the idea of natural consequences, that natural consequences are just what they say they are, natural. They are not something that we're imposing. This one doesn't really fit the bill because we could stay up a few minutes longer. We could read that one book. We could shorten it. But we've made a grand declaration to our child that you've done something wrong and now you're not going to get what you want because of what you've done that is wrong. So we're creating this idea of shame that we're shaming the child for staying in the bath too long. And now we're punishing them for that by taking away the thing that they like, the book before bed. We're in control of everything in this world for them. So we could very well bend the rules and stay up a few minutes later in order to read the book. And our children know that very well. Even at a really young age, they know who's in control. Another thought on this situation is that if we have declared, I'm taking this book away, I am no longer going to do what you want because you didn't do what I want. How do we suppose this child is going to respond to us the rest of the evening? How are they going to behave? 
Are they going to be excited to brush their teeth and to get into bed and to do all those little things that we really need them to do? Or are they possibly going to be so upset and stick in that they are not going to have an easy evening and therefore neither are we because now they've been told that they're wrong, they've been punished, and they're probably in a place that's pretty disconnected. Now, not to veer too much away from natural consequences, but I'm just thinking in this moment, if this child is always having a hard time with bath and bedtime and that it's been really difficult to do it, where can we build in connection in these moments? Where can we build in a place to get connected to our child so that they're not feeling disconnected and they're not wanting to refuse to get out of the bathtub or they're not wanting to refuse to brush their teeth? Can we infuse a little bit of play? Is there time for an extra special time? Is there a place where we can make them feel better and we can feel better and the connection is flowing so that bath time and bedtime aren't so hard? Let's take another example. I like this one of homework where parents will say, well, you're not allowed to do anything until your homework is done. In fact, if you don't do your homework, then you can't go outside and play. And I can see why people might think this is a natural consequence because our child has chosen not to do the homework and therefore they cannot do the fun thing. But we've placed that fun thing after the homework just in an effort to get the homework done. And what ends up happening here is that we've diminished the value of the homework. We've said the most important thing in this equation isn't the homework. The most important thing in this equation is the playtime or the reward. And so we've said, we don't really care if you get the homework done well, or if you do it with precision, or that if you even care about it, we just want you to get it done so that you can have your reward. So the homework doesn't necessarily end up having much value anymore. And how do we suppose our children are getting through the homework? Are they diving into it with care? Are they really understanding what they're doing? Are we giving it some importance? Are we allowing them to do it with their best self? Or are we just forcing them to do it so they can receive the carrot? This happens in all kinds of different venues or in, in different ways, meaning that it doesn't have to be the homework, but whatever you are giving the reward for, you're actually diminishing the value of. And that it's been proven over and over and over again in studies. Over 100 studies show that giving a reward for doing something really devalues the thing that you're doing. And in fact, when you get rid of the reward, the child will no longer do that thing that you're asking them to do. So what are we teaching our children in these moments? Are we teaching them that doing homework is something they should internally desire and want to do? Are we teaching them to value work or are we teaching them that bribery is the way in which you should go about getting things done? Are they learning about bribes or are they learning the morality of tasks? Hi, since you all know I'm deeply dedicated to the ideas and principles of connected parenting, and I understand how connection is the cornerstone to cooperation, I'm bringing back my online course, Guide to Cooperation. In this asynchronous course, 
you while also teaching how it creates cooperation and giving you all the connective tips and tricks to make cooperation organic in your home. You will no longer need to resort to yelling, timeouts, or punishments. You will be able to rely on all the connection tools this course teaches. This week, Guide to Cooperation is being offered at a discounted price of $167. After Friday, it will return to its original price of $197. Guide to Cooperation is a four-hour in-depth study which includes bonus videos on empathy, special time, punishments, and brain science. You will get access to a private Facebook group and two live Q&A sessions. In addition, you will have four modules to work through and five downloadable guides. This course is for kids of all ages and may even help you with connection and cooperation in your adult relationships. If you struggle with getting kids to brush their teeth or have a child who's constantly telling you no, this course is for you. If you love connective parenting but don't know all the ways to make connection in everyday practice, this course is also for you. Repeating ourselves over and over again can be exhausting and infuriating. Leave those moments behind, move away from threats and bribes, and dive into a more connected world full of kids who want to organically follow your lead without being manipulated. I've worked long and hard to have a home where kids actually want to cooperate. Now let me teach you all I've learned so you can come to your parenting with more connection, cooperation, and love. If you're ready for more cooperation, go to www.peaceandparentingla.com forward slash cooperation or visit the show notes or the bio link in my Instagram to find out more and start getting more connected and cultivate more cooperation in your house today. I'm Michelle, and thanks for joining me on this to promote my course guide to cooperation. Another thought is why does the child not want to do their homework? What is it about the homework or what is it about work in general or school in general? What's going on for this child that they don't want to do the homework? And can we dive in there? We're seeing a behavior, right? A refusal. There's something deeper going on with our child. And can we get there? And can we get there using connection? Can we help them feel better so that they can either move through the homework? Or can we help them feel better so they can express to us what's going on with them and why it is so difficult to do the homework? Another thought around this whole homework idea, you know, you can actually use this idea for many things, but I just chose homework in this moment, but it could be teeth brushing or putting shoes on, or could be a lot of different things. But another idea is that how does our child feel about us when we've manipulated them, when we've not really given them a choice? The choice is a bad choice or a worse choice, either you don't do the homework or so you're not going to be able to go out and play. So you really have no choice is the idea. And so how do they feel about us when we've implored that control over them, when we've manipulated them into getting what we want? And do they feel endeared to us or are they somewhat resentful? Do they maybe stick in the next time we try to ask them to do something? Are they hesitant to do it or refusing to do it because they didn't like the way the manipulation felt and that manipulation made them feel less endeared to us. It broke the connection with us. And so it pulls them away from us instead of pulling them toward us. Another idea too around this whole homework is that we can't really want to do the homework more than they want to do the homework because 
this is not setting up a great paradigm. If it's more important for us to get their things done than it is for them to get their own things done, then we're headed down a really tough path. We want to create intrinsic motivation for our child. We want them to want to do the homework or at least to want to complete the homework. So they might not think it's the best thing in the world, but are they motivated enough to get it done in a way and in a time that they are in control of? So can we say, great, you can go out and play, but we do have our homework to do. And so we got to get that done before bedtime. When would you like to do it? And if they say, I want to do it after dinner, can you say, okay, great, let's do it after dinner. And will there be a time when they say, I don't want to do my homework. And can you have the discussion like, okay, well, if you don't want to do your homework, what do you think might happen? Maybe you don't have to do your homework. Let's talk about it. If you don't do your homework, then what will your teacher say? Well, they're going to be mad at me. Okay. Well, are you okay with them being mad at you? Does that feel good? How does that feel for you? And maybe some kids will say, yeah, I don't want to turn it in. I'm not turning it in. And perhaps that has to be a natural consequence one or two times before they realize it doesn't feel good or they realize that they don't want to get zeros. But can you have a discussion with them and say, listen, this is your homework. If you don't want to turn it in, that's kind of on you. But let's talk about what the repercussions of this are. And are you ready for this natural consequence? And if they do choose to, go that natural consequence way. What can we say when they say, oh, my teacher's so mad at me. I didn't turn my homework in. Oh, I'm so mad at myself. I should have done it. We say, oh, this is hard. This is a tough one. I'm sorry. What do we want to do to fix it? What do you think? And just really be there with them with empathy and with understanding when they do fall down, when they do have a hard time and just don't let them you know, wallow in their own upset. But be the coach and be the confidant, be the consigliere with them and really come alongside of them and be empathic. Okay, let's move on to one more example. I want to talk about this idea that sometimes parents will say, well, you were so unkind to me. You were so mean. You said X, Y, and Z. I just don't feel like taking you to the park anymore. So what we're doing is not really a natural consequence, but some people would say, well, I'm not in the mood to take them anymore because of the way in which they behave toward me. And so naturally I'm not going to do it, which I can kind of see, I guess. But at the same time, if we've said we're going to take them to the park and then because of their behavior, we're punishing them and saying, I'm not going to take you anymore because I don't feel like it because you were unkind. That really is a punishment. And would it be better just to let that conversation where they were really unkind, is it a possibility to let that go? And will they get to their own internal remorse naturally with this natural consequence? Will they get there and will they feel bad enough to apologize to you? And maybe they won't apologize every time, but If you let it sink in long enough, then they will eventually apologize to you because they're living with people who model apologies and who model behavior of remorse and who make amends when things are wrong. And so if they've seen these models and they've seen these amends, eventually they will learn how to make that amends too. However, if we just tell them, 
I'm not going to take you to the park because you are unkind. Now, does our child have space for remorse? Or have we usurped that remorse with a feeling of upsetness with us because we have failed to give them what we promised we would? So does the remorse go to the wayside? And is our child just filled with this anger and this upset with us because we said we would take them to the park and we didn't? I know it's hard. I know it's really hard to have our child say unkind things to us or be mean or be mean to a sibling or to do something that we don't think is quite right. And we want to be upset because it's upsetting to us. But when we show that upset to our child, we're really usurping their opportunity to learn something. And if we can really allow the natural consequence to sink in and to be what it is and to have the space that it needs, life will often teach our children many, many things that we don't have to direct. Kids will get to remorse. They will get to apology. They will get to all these things, but we have to allow them to. We can't force them into it. We cannot punitively punish them in hopes that they will learn the remorse because the remorse isn't learned that way. An apology is not learned that way. Those things are learned through an internal feeling. And I guess that's what this whole idea of natural consequences is. It's allowing the intrinsic upset and the intrinsic and the internal feelings to work, to work on their own authentically and naturally without our imposition. So if we keep our imposition away, then kids will learn all kinds of things. And we don't always have to be the teacher. We don't always have to be the instructor. We don't always have to be the keeper of everything for our children to learn. Now, granted, we don't want to just hands off, let the whole world teach them everything. But we do want to let life kind of lead them in the direction that they need to sometimes so that they can learn those lessons on their own. I hope this was helpful. I am continuing the conversation always on Instagram and Facebook, especially around natural consequences and punishments. And I hope you can join us there. Thank you so much for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I am so grateful for this amazing community. And every time I go online or go on to the private Facebook group, I am always so pleasantly greeted by amazing and wonderful parents. And so thank you so much for being here. And I hope to see you online somewhere in our communities, either on Facebook or in Instagram or a private Facebook group. And I look forward to hearing from you there. Thanks for joining us on the Peace and Parenting podcast, and I'll see you next time.